Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, September 21st, 528 a.m. Central Time. December corn futures down two and a quarter at 480. November soybeans down 14 and a half at 1305 and a half. December Chicago wheat down four cents at 584 and three quarters. December Kansas City wheat down three and a half at 725 and a half. December spring wheat down two and a quarter at 781 and a quarter. Uh, before we start here, I will uh, mention a number of you guys dropped your local cash corn bids in the YouTube comments yesterday. And there's a lot of cash corn bids out there with a three handle in front of it, which is uh, really pretty crazy when you consider, you know, corn, cash corn in the threes where it wasn't that long ago that there was a lot of, you know, six and a half, seven dollar cash corn bids in the country. So things have changed very, very, very quickly. And no, I'm not happy to, to report that news, but uh, thanks for the responses. All right, let's get into the news this morning. Okay, so China's soybean imports from Brazil surged in August, increasing by 45%. Imports spiked spiked due to Brazil's reasonable prices for this year's record soybean crop. So far this year, Brazil has shipped 48 million tons of soybeans, which is up 17.3% compared to the same period last year. Chinese imports of U.S. soybeans during August fell 58% compared to the same month last year. However, it's not all bad news for the U.S. During the first eight months of this year, U.S. soybean exports to China rose 14%. This is a trend that may very well continue. China will continue to prefer Brazilian soybeans uh, for a number of reasons, generally speaking. The biggest one is, is simple geography. Um, to ship beans from Brazil to China is cheaper and it's a shorter trip than it is from the U.S. Gulf. Um, here's the, the big problem. This is a chart I threw together this morning. Year-over-year -year changes in Brazilian soybean production and also Chinese soybean imports. What you can see here, the last like three or four years in particular, starting with this 2020-2021 uh, marketing year. So in that marketing year, 2021, um, Brazilian production went up 11 million metric tons. Chinese imports went up like a million. The next year, you saw both of them decline by a similar amount. Uh, last year, we saw Brazilian production increase by 25 and a half million metric tons. Chinese imports only increased by 10 million. And then this year, the projection is that Brazilian production will increase by 7 million metric tons and that Chinese imports will actually decline by 2 million. So you've got this situation where Brazilian production continues to increase rapidly. Chinese demand is kind of stagnating. Here in the United States, our production is pretty much flatlined. We have no additional acres that we can put into rotation like Brazil does. Um, our yields and, and production will fluctuate, of course, every year along with you know acreage changes, weather, that sort of thing. But generally speaking, we're kind of tapped out in terms of what we can produce here. So if Brazil continues to uh, increase production, especially relative to Chinese imports, Brazil is going to continue to capture uh, the lion's share of Chinese business. And this uh, speaks to the importance of the crush expansion here in the United States. If we're not going to ship as many soybeans to China, and, and there are other destinations as well, but China is by far uh, the biggest dog when it comes to soybean imports. 
we need another demand base and uh, this this crush expansion, new processing, uh, that sort of thing. We need to see all of this come to fruition because we've got a big time problem. Otherwise, when you look at the book of export sales, we're off 34 percent versus the same period last year um, in terms of soybeans. That's to all destinations. But uh, the deficit to China uh, makes up like three quarters of that deficit. So we're just not selling the beans to China that uh, we need to be. That's part of the reason soybean market uh, maybe as of late has not acted so well. Scattered rains fell across the U.S. this morning. Areas of North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota, and Minnesota saw overnight rain. Another system moved over Illinois and areas further south. The seven-day government map calls for some one to two-inch rains across large portions of Iowa, Minnesota, Missouri, North Dakota, South Dakota, and the Mid-South. Areas east of the Mississippi River will be drier by comparison. The six to 10 and eight to 14 day out outlooks favor odds of below normal rainfall in the Mississippi River Valley. I don't. This is. I don't know if this is going to be enough to improve river conditions or not. Uh, as of this morning, we were uh, 9.4 feet below normal. There's some conflicting. I think this graph might be wrong. But in any case, uh, the projection here is that uh, these river levels can remain low and uh, it remains restrictive in terms of barge traffic. Um, the barge rates have kind of leveled out. Um, your corn spreads, as an example, have kind of leveled out that decent march has been floating in the 14 to 15 cent range um this could get worse before it gets better in terms of the basis situation as it relates to the spreads i mean i just don't know if i don't know if those forthcoming rains are going to be enough to improve the river condition but we'll see i did look i was checking on the government website they only use uh rainfall forecasts for the next 48 hours in these river projections so anything beyond the next uh, you know, a couple of days I, in terms of the forecast, they don't take into account with these uh, river projections. So if you guys haven't already checked out our premium content, you sure need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together yesterday with Matt Bennett? This is a super important topic for corn growers in particular uh, in the United States, risk management after October. So right now, as it relates to corn, you've got this crop insurance uh, safety net, if you want to call it that. And if you're in the central part of the Corn Belt, you've got 85% revenue protection. You are um, with, with Dease Corn at 480, you may very well be expecting an, an indemnity payment uh, from the government, assuming we stay at these sort of levels through October. Now, the, the problem arises in uh, maybe second, third week of October when that fall price has largely been set. And when that fall price has largely been set, your insurance safety net kind of goes away. And now uh, you don't really have that backstop. So Matt and I uh, discussed a number of different uh, strategies and things that we can do to um, to help to kind of, of maybe set a backstop, maybe not set a backstop. We ran through every possibility, everything you could do uh, with these bushels once that insurance safety net goes away. Super important topic this time of year, guys. If you want to see the premium stuff, go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning. I'll send you over that video along with this morning's email, which includes, I believe, these six most recent premium videos. 50 bucks a month, cancel at any time. Uh, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. Our morning email goes out at 5 a.m. Central Time every single business day. Check it out, guys. U.S. ethanol production declined last week. Weekly output of 980,000 barrels was down 5.7% compared to last week, but up 1.8% versus the same week last year. 
Ethanol stocks were pegged at 21.68 million barrels. The print increased 2.4% on the week, but was down 5.1% compared to the same week last year. Implied gasoline demand increased 1.2% compared to last week, but was down 1% versus the same week last year. On average, over the last four weeks, implied U.S. gasoline demand is up 2.5% versus the same period last year. This is nothing to be concerned about. It's it's perfectly normal uh, this time of year to see ethanol production back off a little bit. And then uh, generally speaking, you'll see a drastic increase, say, first or second week of October. And that's very much what I would expect this year. Uh, the margins are excellent. Uh, we're going to have trouble shipping corn down the river. So where is it going to go? It's going to go to the ethanol plant. The margins are fantastic. Um, if there is going to be an issue here, it could be with gasoline demand. If gasoline prices continue to rise, uh, that could spell a problem for ethanol stocks. We could end up building stocks. But for the moment, I don't think that it's a concern. I think the future of ethanol is very bright. Uh, we've got sustainable aviation fuel on the horizon. So um, this, this is going to be a bright spot when it comes to demand for corn. USDA reported a flash sale of U.S. soybeans on Wednesday. U.S. exporters sold 120,000 metric tons of soybeans to unknown destinations for delivery during the current marketing year. Um, it's probably China. Maybe it's not China. I don't know. I mentioned earlier that China is going to rely a lot more on Brazil, but they can't get everything from Brazil. So yeah, you're seeing these routine type purchases, but uh, make no mistake, Ch Chinese demand for U.S. soybeans has fallen drastically. Now you've got a Brazilian growing season um, that has already started in some areas. They've already started some early soybean planting. They run into weather issues. If the crop is not as big as what's being projected, they could change things very quickly. But for the moment, this is just uh, normal routine business. It's not the uh, size that we'd like to see. Um, we'll see what the weekly export sale number says this morning at 7.30. On Wednesday, ADM announced that corn operations at its, at its Decatur, Illinois plant had, res had resumed. Soy protein production is expected to resume in the coming weeks at the facility. The facility suffered a major explosion back on September 10th. The explosion resulted in a fire that halted operations and injured eight workers. The fire was the third of its kind at the Decatur plant just this year. This is good news. I'm sick of reporting bad demand news. So this uh, hopefully they get the soybean portion back online sooner rather than later. And the uh, impact on the cash market in this particular neighborhood is alleviated. And this is kind of a short term thing. Also on Wednesday, the Federal Reserve held interest rates steady, but hinted that another hike is likely before the end of the year. Rates are expected to stay higher than anticipated through 2024. The Fed is projecting only two rate cuts next year, dropping the federal funds rate to around 5.1%. The Fed projects rates will fall to 3.9% in 2025 and 2.9% 2 by 2026, still well above the Fed's target rate of 2%. The announcement weighed heavily on the markets with S&P 500 falling 1% and the NASDAQ dropping 1.5%. Yeah, I guess maybe they thought Paul was kind of hawkish and that he's keeping the door open for more hikes. But honestly, it's going to be contingent on the inflation data that is forthcoming. I know a lot of you guys in the YouTube comments and some of you guys have sent me emails talking about the 80s. I mean, we've got Fed fund at, at you know, five and a quarter to five and a half. And that is not 1980s territory. It's more like early 2000s territory. Um, when we get up to like a 10% Fed fund, and I hope we don't, but if we do, then we can start talking about the 80s. Uh, we are not there uh, 
quite yet. What did the cattle market do yesterday? Cattle futures rebounded a bit on Wednesday. Feeder cattle futures closed an average of 148 higher. Live cattle futures closed an average of $1.08 higher. Box beef continues to fall. Choice ended the day at 301.26. That was down 86 cents. Select ended the day at 278.68. That was down $3.10. That's a movement in the outside markets this morning. U.S. dollar is up. Stocks are off sharply. Uh, the S&P is down 28. The Dow's down 170. Bonds are off a full handle. Gold's down 22 bucks. Crude oil is down 87 cents, correcting lower. 87.47 in the December WTIOS trade. Everybody have a great day today. We'll talk to you on Friday.